Hello and welcome to Regen, the e-racing podcast. I'm your host Dino and today on the show we'll be looking back at the first six races and how the Formula E season is progressing. The drivers, the teams, are they doing well? Are they fading back into the rest of the pack? And I'm also going to be joined by Tom from ePreTalk. Hello Tom. Hey Dean, how's it going? Good, good. I'm uh, recovering from a cold but I thought uh, it would it would be cool to to catch up and and have a have a chat before before Rome and um, see how how the drivers and the teams are, are faring before the European League of the season. Yeah, uh, Rome's the next race, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. for that. That's going to be really cool. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. First of all, if you're new to the show, we do something called Media of the Week, which is just something we've been listening to, playing, um, yeah, watching anything. So. I've been watching Spider-Man Homecoming recently. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it as a standalone movie. Um, a little bit different. Um, Peter Parker's very young. I think he's 14 in the movie, or 15. And um, he's, yeah, it's a very a very sort of origin story of how he sort of... He, he gets offered to join the Avengers. Spoilers. Um, but but <laughs> I, think, uh, I, I think you're safe. It came out, what? Uh, 2017. Yeah, 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 I'm sure. Yeah. If you if you if you're a fan, you probably watched it by now. But <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I think it's a really good movie. Um, and it it sort of leads on to there being another one. So yeah, recommend it. Check it out. Do you have a media of the week, Tom? Uh, well, uh, just uh, Spider Man. Now, since you brought it up, uh, I really enjoyed it too. Homecoming. I thought it was really great. Uh, one of the best parts of uh, of this version of Spider-Man on the on the movie theaters uh, or the movie uh, cinematic universe and interpretation of of Spider-Man is I think that they took the best of the 1960s version of Spider-Man and the 2000 aughts version of Spider-Man, which uh, I don't know how big a nerds your comic book or how big a comic book nerds your listeners are but uh back in the year 2000 um marvel launched a uh separate uh marvel universe uh from the original one that was birthed in the 1960s by stan lee and uh jack kirby and uh kind of reinterpreted the characters for the times and relaunched uh spider-man uh the avengers and the x-men um in their own little separate modern universe and uh, they changed a few things here and there and some characters alignments changed maybe some somebody who might have been more of a uh neutral character or a good guy character became a bad guy character but uh their interpretation of of spider-man was really great it's what i read as a kid when i was like 16 years old going through high school and uh I really enjoyed the film because it was a, it was, it was more like the comic book that the, the Spider-Man that I knew growing up, uh, than the last two iterations were, um, uh, that, that we got with the Sam Raimi, the original Spider-Man movies by Sam Raimi. And, um, I'm not sure who, uh, wrote and directed the, the, uh, other Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans, but I only watched the first one. I didn't even watch the second one with Jamie Foxx and, uh, as electro and i don't remember who played the rhino but but uh most of my friends told me it wasn't worth going to see so i didn't go see it 
Right. Now, um, you obviously know a lot. So do you have a comic book podcast? I do. <laughs> right. Right. We can, we, can, we can plug that at the end of the show. Okay, oh, so. But, uh, but yeah, huge Spider-Man fan. Yeah, I love Spider-Man, so. <laughs> cool. Um, all right, let's, this, is, this is a racing uh, podcast. So, so we'll go into the Jaguar I-Pace E-Trophy. What are your thoughts on that as a support series thus far? I think it's, it's great. I mean, uh, I think it's great for Jaguar, too. It's great publicity. Uh, and uh, I, I think they need a support series. I think they needed that, you know. I don't think they really, I mean, other than, did they really have anything uh, in between, in seasons one, two, and three? No. no. I didn't, they, didn't they have something with, like, parade laps with electric cars or something, maybe just prior to the grid? Oh, yeah, but that, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, I, I think there was a bit few and far between. Have you been able to watch the the support series races? Are those online? Yeah, yeah. So they're on the Jaguar website um, on oh, Facebook. Okay. Oh, and and it's free. M- mainly, yeah. So it's streaming. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I have to. I actually haven't. Uh, I've seen some highlights, but I haven't really watched any of this, like a, a full support series race yet. Um, yeah. In New Zealand, it's really easy to watch Formula E. So there's a free to air channel, and it's also online that covers it. So you you know you just go on to uh, Duke. And then have a look at the listings, and yeah, you you can watch it all for free. Uh, That's so awesome. It's, it's, it's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, I, I mean, I work at a hospital, and uh, sometimes we have some downtime, so it's nice when I can pull something up that that I where I don't have I don't have time to watch it live on the weekend because I'm I tend to be pretty busy. I do a lot of different podcasts and uh, other uh, other things that take up a lot of my time, so I try to. I have a down moment at work like i'll throw up a quick race or something like that or something that i can still work you know and then also have it on in the background and kind of pay attention to so uh imza is great for that (laughs) because the races are so long so i can just have it off to the side playing and i can do what i'm doing and then also like if anything exciting happens i can stop and kind of give my attention toward the race so uh, but I'm I'm definitely keeping like it's great this day and age that we live in now. I feel is awesome because you can really follow so many different racing series. Where when I was younger, it was like Formula One and Indy cars because you know that's what was really in NASCAR. But I I never really got into NASCAR. Um, but that's what was available to the American public here, you know, um, through Speed Channel and uh, networks like that. So. Okay, well, um, just just on IndyCar quickly, how how have you have you been following it, and what do you think of Felix Rosenquist for his first few races? Uh, I I have been following it. Uh, he performed brilliantly in the in the first race in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. I think he finished. I want to say third. So I think he was on the podium. The last two races haven't gone as well for him, but. I think the last race that I watched was the Birmingham race, which is a it's a proper road course. But he seems to be doing really well on the street tracks, which there's a lot of them in, in the IndyCar series. So I think he's going to do really well as long as he keeps himself out of trouble. It's really easy to get yourself in trouble in, in IndyCar and get collected and <laughs> yeah, knocked is, out yeah. of the race. So, But uh, I'm 
really excited for this uh, this year's Indy 500 with Alonzo coming. And a McLaren team, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot of racing on. It's, it's really exciting. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, it, I've been looking forward to him coming back since he entered um, back in, what was it, 2017? Yeah, 2017. Um, and uh, he performed really well. Uh, and I think he's got a good chance to win um, this year. And he's got a Chevy motor instead of a Honda motor. So <laughs> I think he'll have better reliability. Uh, well, for our, for our Formula One listeners, that's pretty obvious. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Poor guy, man. I, I he is such a great racing driver and he's had such uh bad luck with equipment over the years and I I wouldn't be surprised though if we see him back in Formula One if uh McLaren get competitive again in the next three or four years. But I mean there's a very small window of time for that, so yeah, I don't know. But, and I think they'll come good, but um we should we should move on into Looking at the Formula E drivers, so we're just going to rate their performances over the last wee while. Now, we'll start at the bottom, no points, in 23rd, Tom Dillman. I've really been a fan of Tom, uh, and I really enjoyed his drives at Venturi last year, and he just slotted in perfectly. Now, with Neo, he's struggling a bit. Do you Mm. think that's because of the car, or is it just something not gelling with him and, 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 and Neo? I think the the car is definitely not very competitive this year. I don't know how much it is Tom per se. And I think also it's hard to motivate yourself when the car is that uncompetitive. I would imagine. <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, true. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it seems like Neil is going backwards. Uh, you know, it, it, not, it, I don't see a lot of, movement forward up the grid you know it seemed like last year they kind of took a step back and then to this year they definitely you know have receded further back and i hope it's this isn't turning out to be like a program for them that's basically just an advertisement for their car company uh but that they're not you know super serious about and it, it, you know that might be it. I don't know how much money they're spending in comparison to the other teams. Are, is Formula E capped? Do they have a a, a, um, uh, a spending cap? I know Formula One is going to be introducing somewhat of a spending cap in in the next year, I think, or so. Um, but I can't remember if Formula E has one or not. I don't think so. No, I no. think it's not not yet. Um, yeah, it's it's unfortunate for Tom. It's. Uh... It's not, yeah, it's just not gelling. Um, now, in 22nd, Maximilian Gunther, he has been replaced for the last couple of races with Felipe Neza. I thought that Maxi was doing a very good job out qualifying Jose Maria Lopez, and really, I think he should have been kept in the car. Um, he's coming back for Rome. Uh, what, what do you think his chances are of putting on a good performance for us? I think he's been really, really good for a rookie. So he's changed teams now? Is no, so he went back to a reserve driver role. So oh, okay. they they brought in Felipe Neza. Right. Um, and uh, there's a, a, I think he's got an IMSA race on this weekend. Yeah, so Nas- Na- Nasser's been doing really well in IMSA. 
So, um, yeah, so Maxi Gunther's back in the car. Oh, okay, so he's mm, subbing so, in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's right, yeah. Yeah, he could do uh, do well. I think uh, this is the first year they're in. Uh, they're running in Rome, correct? So it's a new track? Uh, no. No, the second year? It's a new track. Yeah. The second year? I, I think so. Second year, yeah. okay. Uh, so, okay, well, if it's the second time they're running it, he, I mean... I don't know if he raced there the last time, so he may be at a, at a little bit of a disadvantage in, uh, in terms of just knowing the course. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, he, he could perform well. It, it's it, it's a lot of pressure, I think, because you've already lost your seat, so you've t- your confidence, I think, has gone down because you've been pushed back to the, you know, the number three driver spot. Uh, yeah. But it's a chance for him to go out there and, and prove what he has. So it'll be, it'll be fun to watch and see how he reacts to being relegated to the, you know, the number three. Uh, but then, you know, now he's back in the number two position for, for one race. So it'll be interesting yep. to see how he reacts to that. And uh, his uh, replacer, Felipe Neza uh, in 21st, again, Geox Dragon, um, pretty, Uninspiring drives from Felipe. Um, there's not much to talk about him, but uh, we'll come on to number twenty, Nelson Piquet. Now, right. Nelson just recently bit of news about him being replaced at Jaguar by Alex Lynn, and I think this is a good replacement. Um, Piquet, we we talked last episode about his abysmal record of late. Yeah, I think Chris had quite a quite a bit to to talk about that. So, um, what are your thoughts on Nelson? this season uh, a lot of dnfs you know uh it's it's not good but uh i think he's a good driver um uh, i mean we saw him win the first season's championship when everybody was on you know had equal equipment for the most part so it's tough to say i think he'll land another seat if he wants to stay in the series you think he'll land another seat? I, I really do. I think he'll land right. another. I, I, but I don't think it'll be a, a, in a team that's as competitive. So I don't know if he wants that. You know, uh, but I think the reason they probably gave gave him the axe was one was his obvious his poor performance this season and last season, and then uh, probably they were paying him quite a bit, <laughs> and they yeah. you know, and his teammates been outperforming him, and, and he probably makes half what Nelson makes. You know, yeah, that's true. I think Alex Lynn will probably be a bit cheaper. Yeah, and we'll probably put in better performances than him because Alex Lynn so. looked good last season. I think uh, I don't think he, he didn't run all the races, but he he ran a couple, right? And he did. I remember him performing pretty well. He got pole in his first race, right? Right. You remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, I think mm. I can't remember what track that was on. It was toward no, the end either. of the season, wasn't it? I think it might have been. Yeah. Listeners will probably call me out, but I think it was New York. Was it? Yeah, it might have been New York. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, enough about that. Um, okay. In at number 19, again, Geox Dragon, Jose Maria Lopez. Pretty poor performances, two points. Not really much to say here. He is constantly being outqualified by his teammates as well, so that's not a, that's not a good thing. Another mark against him, I guess. What are your thoughts on him? Uh, yeah, not the greatest season. I don't think the team's been having that great of a season either. To be to be frank, the car is not not very competitive. 
It was it was uh, looking quite good for them in Riyadh. Yeah, was uh, okay. They they were running up the front. I think uh, Lopez got into Super Bowl, so they seem to have slipped back. So yeah, they could have been on for some really big points. It's quite unfortunate, really. So mm. yeah, uh, I mean, I I I have faith that that team will will figure it out and move back up the grid. Uh, at some point, um, or let's see where where are they right now? So they are dead last. Are they dead last? Wow, dead last. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. Hopefully they don't stay there. Um, we'll move on to the new team, HWA Race Lab. Stoffel Van Dorn in eighteenth, and Gary Paffett in seventeenth. Now, uh, three and four points respectively. I think. I think um, some really strong drives from both of them. I think the Venturi powertrain is is coming along well, and that'll be seen further up by um, Eduardo Mortara and uh, also uh, Felipe Massa. But um, they're, they're going quite well. What are your thoughts? Uh, I love Montara. I think he's a good. He's a really good driver, and uh, I'm a I'm a fan. I'm a Massa fan, but uh, I think he's adapting. I thought he would adapt a little quicker, but. Um, he's he's put in some decent performances. I mean, they have seven points this this year. It's a brand new team, and they're outperforming two teams that have been around since season one. I mean, I don't know realistically if you're not a uh, you know a uh, major car manufacturer like Jaguar or uh, BMW. I I think that's pretty good. Uh, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good performance for your first season without a, you know, a major manufacturer backing your team or being a, or just being a ma- a major manufacturer entering the sport like Jaguar. So I don't know. I think they're doing pretty well. What do you think? Yeah. Stoffel Van Dorn, obviously getting pole, um, in one of the races. Exciting. Yeah. And, and that's, that was where his three points came from. So, <laughs> um, it, it's been really, really good. I've been pleasantly surprised, actually. They just need the the consistency and to not um, well to finish the race first of all, but um, to not get caught out by the odd barrier, etc. Yeah, Stoffel showed what he can do, right? I mean, <laughs> he's yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, his his F one stint wasn't that great, but I've seen him in Formula Three. Uh, the what's uh, what's the Japanese formula called? Uh, uh, super, super super GT. Super GT. Oh. Or Super Formula, Super yeah, Super Formula. Yeah, I've I've watched him drive in that series, and I've seen him perform really well, and in, in GP two. So it seems like he's yeah. adapt he's adapted to these cars a little quicker than even Felipe did. So, yep. Okay, uh, number sixteen, Oliver Turvey. Not much to talk about him. He's got a few points, um, dragging the car where it shouldn't be by the looks of it. Uh, Felipe Massa in at fifteenth on fourteen points. So a bit of a jump between um, 16th with 6 points and then uh, Felipe with 14 points. Been a bit tough the first three races, not scoring anything, but he's um, sort of coming back in the Chinese races with 4 points and uh, 10. So, hmm. Oh no, Mexico got 4 and then 10 in uh, China. Yeah, he had a good race in China and then he scored 1 point in the, at the last race. Turvey, Turvey's... I, 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 visually like from watching the races and not having my notes in front of me and everything i I remember oliver turvey being at the front of the uh, of the pack uh during the races but you know he's only got uh, six points to his name so i'm i'm 
I'm thinking he's probably ran into some trouble during the races, but he's a, I think Oliver Turvey is a really good driver. Um, I think that's a, yeah. it's a strong driver lineup for Venturi. Yeah, it is. Yeah, for sure. Okay, we'll move on. Uh, Alexander Sims, BMW. Nothing in the first race, 12 in the second race, 6 in the third race, and then nothing. Now, he obviously could have a lot more points if uh, they didn't get taken out. Oh, that was uh, that was just such a hard thing to watch when they the, it two, was. the two teammates were running 1-2, and they gave yeah. they gave that whole race away. That that I mean Antonio could be well ahead right now. Um, he could but, be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think Sims has just been really unlucky. He is the the Brendan Hartley of Formula E. <laughs> yeah, I think there's not much more to say about him now. Sebastian Buemi in at thirteenth with nineteen points. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's quick. He's uh, being outshone a little bit by Oliver Rowland. Mm-hmm. But um, still, still having braking problems by the look of it as well. Do you think? Uh, do you think he can? He can get up there in the next few races. It's going to be a tough ask. I mean, he could, and it, and typically when the pressure's off, um, he he performs pretty well. And since he's not fighting for the championship, I mean, I I could see him putting in some some decent performances toward the end of the season that you know will help the team and uh, help move him up the driver standings a bit. But like, you know, it's, I I don't think he's feeling the same kind of pressure when, when he was fighting for the, for the driver, the formula E drivers championship. So uh, we'll see what he, we'll see what he does. I mean, Oliver Rowland has outperformed him this season, but uh, he had a DNF. um, Was it in Mexico? Oliver Rowland or Buemi? Buemi. They both, Buemi they were, DNF, yeah. yeah, they both were, I think they were both uh, DNF in, uh, in Mexico. Yes, they were. Yeah. So yep. mm. and they both had, they've both, they've both had DNFs twice this season. It's really, really the, the last race where Oliver Rowland really collected the big bag of his points. So I think uh, Sebastian has been more consistent throughout the season and in, in scoring points. He just hasn't had that, a big finish this season. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh well, I'm expecting good things from them this time out. Nissan will get it. We'll get get it together. I think next season will probably will be more competitive. Okay, number eleven, Pascal Verline. I've been I've been impressed with Pascal. Mm-hmm. He's he's done really really well. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm looking looking forward to seeing where he can get to. In, in Rome. If it wasn't for the DNF he had uh, this season, I think, you know, he'd be definitely in the top, you know, maybe in the top five-ish or uh, yeah, fur- so. further up in the standings. And that's worth missing the first race as well. Yeah, he was, he's was. he been super competitive. I think uh, if I was a, you know, if I was running a Formula E team, I'd be, I would want him for my, for my squad. I would definitely like like him as one of my two drivers. So I think uh, the man up in front of him, same points total, Mitch Evans. I think those two would be a good pairing. And being a Kiwi, obviously had a bit <laughs> of bias, but I've I've really enjoyed uh, Mitch's consistency over the season. He's still the only driver to have points in every race. Yeah, he's been super consistent. He's always up there. He's always scrapping, but he doesn't get himself into trouble. Um, 
sometimes you sometimes you can't really ask much more of of a driver you know when you don't have the fastest machine on the on the, on the circuit so yeah i think he's i think he's a, a great talent um formula e's a much healthier series with him in it. So I, I really think the driving talent has increased so much since season one. Uh, I think this has been one of the best seasons uh, in Formula E by far. And I love the new car. It's it's awesome. It is really cool. Okay. Number nine, Andre Lotera. Uh He's had a good season. Uh, and he's not very unlucky. Yeah, he's been unlucky. He's only like, what is it? Thirteen points away from his teammate. So, yeah, I mean, I think Andre. The crazy thing is, is that, I mean, I, I forget how many races we have left, but if you were able to string a couple of victories together, you're you're right, you're right there. You you could be fighting for the championship. I feel like. I feel like if Andre Lotterer wins the next race, he'll be right in the fight. Right. You know, yeah. it's I, it's so close up the top. But I feel like we could say that about every person. On uh, on the you know uh, above loader or in the point standings right now because you know if Daniel Lapt or Degrassi or Matara or Sam Bird get a win you know they're right at the top there you know and the, and the, the championship is so wide open this season it's been, it's just been great it is and um, I think Andres drove really well um, some great defending um, and yeah it was unfortunate what happened with him and Sam Bird mm hmm mm hmm. Now, Robin Frains, how is he going? I've really enjoyed Robin. I think uh, he's been unfortunate quite a bit, and uh, he just needs to work on consistency, but a great, great driver. I think we could say, I would give, I think he'd be in the top three for most improved driver of the year in the series. Maybe I would put Daniel Lapt up there, trying to think of who else has really improved this season, but yeah, he's, he's, he's done a great job and has really outperformed my expectations for him. I, I would not have thought Robert Frins would be in the top 10 uh, of the driver's standings at this point of the, in the season. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Daniel Apt, uh, he is, oh, he's got points in every race as well. Two of them only one point, but I guess, you know, he's still been in the points. So, yeah, good consistent drive from him. Do you think he's in the shadow of Degrassi a little bit? He doesn't seem so confident with this car. I don't know. I think he's actually. I think his driving has improved this season. I really have. I do think that, and I think um, since it became more Audi than Schaeffler, it, it, it seems like he's he's performing better. I don't know why, but it seemed like Degrassi got. I, I don't want to say he got special treatment. But it just seemed like, and, and it's funny because his dad, Daniel's dad owns the team, right? Or did own the team the first three seasons, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. It just seems now that it became officially Audi sport that, I don't know, his performances have been better. Uh, he seems to be racing more on par with Lucas, you know, uh, where at times... In previous seasons, it seemed that Lucas was just way, way ahead, you know, just much quicker on the track. So, I mean, there's only eight points separating them, I think. Yeah, 44 to 52. Pretty close, pretty close. Mm -hmm. Um, Lucas, yep, he's coming into his own now. 
be good to see where he can get in Rome. Uh, all right, the top five. Jean-Eric Verne in at 53. Eduardo Mortara, 53. Sam Bird, 54. Jerome D'Ambrosio, 61. And Antonio Felix da Costa up the top with 62. Who of those five can you can you see really fighting for the championship? I mean, it's I, like I said earlier, I think it's wide open. But Antonio has been very... Uh, competitive and consistent, and I think the BMW is—he's got the best car this season by far. I, I think had he not had the DNF in the third round, he'd probably be. And then, and then there was the race where they gave up the one-two. I mean, he would be, I think, maybe a good twenty, thirty points higher in the standings right now. So as long as everything goes smoothly. Uh, for the remaining rounds, and uh, he's careful and quick. I think he wins the championship. I really do. Um, but if it's if he has bad luck, uh, if there's accidents or uh, he gets collected in in, in some sort of uh, altercation on the on the track, or uh, if, if there's rain, uh, it could it could turn this championship completely on its head and, and, and then it becomes like a free for all, you know, any one of the drivers, I would say in the top six, maybe seven point standings, I mean, maybe you might be able to go all the way down to ninth with uh Loter. I mean, it's, it's wide open. I, again, I, I forget how many rounds are left. Is there four races left this season? So the seven races left. Seven, seven. I mean, it's wide open. It's, that's a lot of races. So <laughs> it could, it, I mean, I, I, if I was a betting man, if I, if I like to look at odds and, and uh, uh, assess risk, if I was going to put money <laughs> on this, I would be very nervous because I think the championship uh, could be won by the driver's championship. That is for, for, for that matter. I think could could go to any one of the drivers in the in the top five or even the top ten, you know, uh, just depending on what happens on the track. So um, mm. it's not. I, I wouldn't say it's like a clear advantage. I, I do think BMW has the best car, but in the past seasons, it's really been. It, it's it, it obviously uh, Renault had we they had the best car, and like the year before. The Tachita was the best car on the track, and it was obvious that John Eric Byrne was the man to beat. And um, this has been the most competitive season, I think, since season one. Yeah, I still think John Eric Byrne or uh, Sam Bird for the title this year. Really, Antonio? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I've I've been sort of seesawing, maybe Degrassi, but I think. Yeah, Jerome's awesome that he's up there, but I'm not sure if Mahindra can continue the charge. Um, BMW, yeah, they've got a quick car. I think they have the best. Don't can can we at least agree that BMW has the f- the quickest car? I, I I would think. Um, I think it's probably Audi have the quickest car. But R- really? Yeah, yeah, I think so. They they were slow out of the blocks, but I think they're coming good, and they now have the quickest car. I think that the, maybe some tracks favor certain drivetrains more than others. Yeah, but I mean, we, we could we could say that Nissan has the fastest car just because. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess it is track dependent. 
they're very quick out of the corners. Nissan, they are yeah. with that double sort of double powertrain sort of idea that they've got got going on. But um, yeah, I, I reckon the Audi is still the car to beat. Hmm. Well, I mean, if that's the case, then I think Lucas Degrassi sitting at you know fifty two points right now is is has as good as chance as, as Sam Bird or John Eric Byrne. Yeah, I, I, I've been seesawing a bit over this season, but uh, I mean, I I think Pascal Verline very very quick. Um, well, I just wonder if the Mahindra package can keep him keep him ticking along. But um, yeah, I, I it's it's very open. We've seen the gremlin bug bite them more often than not. <laughs> Sadly, yeah, yeah, more often than most, more more often than most of the competitive teams, I feel like they get bit by the the gremlin bug. So it makes me also wonder, like, if Rosenquist had stayed at Mahindra this season, like, where would he be in in this standings group right now? You know, would be would he be fighting for the championship? Because I would say that he's quicker than you know Jerome D'Ambrosio. Okay. I I think he would probably be up there as well, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh teams. Is there anyone in particular that you want to talk about? Um I'll give you the standings first. At the rear, Geox Dragon two points, Neo six, HWA seven, Panasonic Jaguar thirty seven, and uh thirty six of those the Mitch Evans. Just putting that out there again. Forty six Nissan Venturi sixty seven BMW eighty. Fiesta Cheetah 95, Audi Sport 96, Mahindra 97, Envision Virgin Racing 97. Incredible. Two points, top four teams. I know. And that's what I mean. Like, I, I really feel like, and, and with the freedom that they have now on the other parts of, the, of developing the other parts of the car uh, compared to season one, this has been unbelievably competitive this season. It's just been awesome. And. Unfortunately, John and I haven't been recording. Uh, uh, we haven't recorded since the first race of the season, but um, uh, it's just been great. I wish we, I wish we were recording more so that we could, we could have talked about these races more in detail as 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 they transpired. But awesome season! It's been so much fun to watch. Um, I love the new car. Um, it definitely seems a little bit more challenging to drive. <sighs> I don't. I. I, I think it's only going to get better. I think Formula E is just getting stronger and stronger as a series. It is, and um, there was there was something that came out in the news. I think it might have been a bit overhyped, but uh, Lewis Hamilton. There was uh, I was chatting on Twitter briefly to um, one of the one of the main people I talked to, Neil Leet, and uh, he reckons that uh, after the next two years, mm-hmm. if if Lewis Hamilton wins the next few. He'll go to Formula E. Mm. Now, Mercedes coming in, I think he'll want a strong car. What do you think? If he gets to seven, he'll equal Schumacher. Michael Schumacher. Yeah. Yep. And then he'll come over to Formula E. I don't think he'll go for number eight. I don't think he'll he'll want to beat uh, Schumacher, I think, um, seven, and then he'll move over to Formula E. What are your thoughts on that? I think that... It depends on whether Lewis. It, it depends on how he perceives himself and, and perceives the sport of racing. I definitely think he wants to break Michael's records. 
And once he does that, uh, he may continue to race for maybe another season or two. Um, but he's only, he, what is he's 35 or 34 now? Uh, well, that's the joy of being on a podcast. <laughs> I think we, he, we can do a, we, we can do a quick jump do, cut and you'll never know listeners. Yeah. You'll never know. <laughs> we'll be, we'll be looking so intelligent here. He's 34. 34. Okay. But I mean, realistically, considering how good a health he's in, he's got an, at least another six, seven seasons in him if he wants to race, uh, as long as like Nigel Mansell raced. And uh, another thing is perception by the public. Let's say Fernando goes and wins the Indianapolis 500 in the, in the next couple of years and adds that to the triple crown and um, maybe wins a couple of other prestigious events along the way. If people start perceiving Fernando as a more diverse champion and somebody that they'll start to rank maybe above him um, in terms of an overall driver, it may tempt him to go and race in other, you know, in the 24 hour Le Mans or, yeah, right. uh, I don't know if he, you know, I don't know if he would race the Indy 500. I mean, a lot of people are very intimidated by that, uh, amount of speed and, uh, the consequences of um, when things go wrong, but for him to go to formula E, the Sears would need to grow, I think at a much more rapid pace and the rewards for being successful in formula E would have to, would have to, uh, like uh, the money, the money aspect, <laughs> uh, to be more frank. But I mean, Mercedes, Mercedes is not going to say no, are they? I mean, Mercedes, I, it, it, will they? Will Mercedes want to pay uh, Lewis Hamilton's uh, driver salary to race in Formula E? Where, where if, you know, the, the the payouts are huge in Formula One, right? <laughs> if you're successful, and, and so right, it's right. it's lucrative for them to pay him that much money. It's I don't think they're going to make that kind of money in Formula E, having him drive for them and paying him the same salary that they pay him to race in Formula One. Now in IndyCar at, at the big races the payouts are huge. You know, if you win the Annapolis 500, it's a huge payout. And and, and the same thing for, uh, you know, 24 hour Le Mans. So I, I see that more the pathway for him, especially, you know, 24 hour Le Mans and, and some of these really prestigious events, um, as he gets older, I just, I don't know. It, it depends. I mean, some drivers have a rapid drop off, uh, at a, once they, once they hit a certain age, the, the, the talent level, starts to fade uh Villeneuve was somebody who you know was so competitive when he was younger uh and and such a talented driver and then there was a huge drop off at a certain point once he hit a certain age um but I don't think Lewis is going to have that kind of drop off I think he's more like Michael uh (laughs) and he takes really good care of himself and he's hyper competitive and I I don't know it'll be in Racing is probably this is the most excited I've been about uh, just racing in general in a long time. I just I think there's so much talent uh, in all the ra- forms of racing, and um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's in in the coverage that racing's getting now because of the internet. Uh, it's 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 a it's a really cool time to be a racing fan. 
So, Tom, another question just about the Envision Virgin Racing team. Uh, Sam Bird and uh, Robin Frains. That car looking very good with the Audi powertrain. It is. It's it's looking really good, and they've been uh, very competitive. And, and we know Sam Bird, obviously, um, never the bride, always the bridesmaid. Right. Coming second. Uh, <laughs> quite, <laughs> it, it seems, his luck. But um, do you think, I mean... I definitely rate him as a driver. Do you think he'll get over the line, or is it too far for a customer team? This is his best chance to win the drivers' championship by far. Will he do it? I don't know, but it's definitely his best chance. And I think as a customer team, they're doing great. You know, they're uh, they're sitting tied with Mahindra. Robert, like we talked about earlier, has probably having his best season ever in Formula E, and uh, Sam is. Just as competitive as he's been, you know, since season one. So, uh, and I think the consistency's been there for him, uh, and, and the car has been really great. It's been really reliable. So, uh, you know, if you tell me at the end of the season that Sandbird's uh, Formula E drivers champion, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, now we'll do some predictions. First of all, who will win the Valstapine European Trophy? Sorry, repeat that. <laughs> So, listeners, and a lot of a lot of people obviously forgot about this, so for the next five races for the European leg of the series, there is a trophy that is provided by Voel Stepina. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So, it, so it's like a kind of like a European driver's champ, like a championship within a championship kind of trophy? Correct. Okay. Yep. So, just the European leg. Just the European yeah. leg of the... Of the of the series huh yeah interesting i i talked to people about this chris had no idea um, a couple of other people had no idea um and i started tweeting about it and people thought what, what, what's he what, talking what's about <laughs> but, but <laughs> he's just you know just imagined this up somewhere right um but uh yeah this was uh, announced at the start of the season and um it's haven't heard a squeak from it so now they're yeah back on the marketing train well, I mean, uh, my guess is it, it'll be, you know, between the top five teams, uh, you know, some one of the top, one of the drivers from the top five teams will probably come away with it. Okay. So, I mean, you, you like you were saying earlier, you felt that Audi has the quickest car right now and they've got all the bugs out of it. So maybe Degrassi takes it. Yeah, I mean he's he's sixth in the championship. Um, I I I would put my money on Degrassi um, apt potentially, especially if he has one of those um, amazing drives like we saw at the Tempelhof, um, his home race last year. Just no one could touch him. So yeah, either of those two. I agree. I, I you know Degrassi is one of those drivers you can never count him out. You know, and if if they really have worked out all the kinks from the from the from the package then he could easily come away with the with the European driver's trophy uh but again you know there's a lot of competition <laughs> you know like you said Sam Bird's driving exceptionally well right now uh Jean Eric Verne's driving really well and it's a cool trophy have you seen the trophy you obviously haven't seen the trophy I have no, I have not. No, no. What's it look like? So it's a 3D printed, uh, very unique 
um, it's it's basically this really interesting minimalist sort of V. <laughs> it's um, a steel tech company that has done this. Huh. Interesting. I I really like it. I'll um I'll put it in the show notes. Um, I'll I'll just sticky it here. What do you what do you think about this? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, that top part is steel, but is there glass in between the the steel bars, or is it just wide open? Can't tell. So it's made up of about five and a half thousand metal layers from a metal powder. Wow. And it measures twenty five centimeters in height and weighs one hundred and fifty six grams. It's a one of a kind trophy. Now that is that is really really light. I hope they don't, you know, <laughs> try and try and put it above their head and throw it just because it's so light. Right. 156 grams. That's less than the pair of headphones you're wearing, probably. Wow, that's amazing. Incredible. So there's no glass then. <laughs> no, no glass at all. Um, yeah, it's a nice looking trophy. What's the V stand for? Or for Vostalpine? Vost- what is Vostalpine? Vostalpine. What is that? Is that a European company? Yeah, so most of their, well, um, I'm just looking at this um, article here and it says about 13 million euros in revenue is generated through the mobility market. So, Oh, is it like Uber? They are an e-mobility company that provides um, electric steering for e-motor components as well as lightweight automotive components for e-cars. So, Oh, okay. okay. When you said mobility, I was like, do they make mobility scooters? <laughs> I mean, I'd like to see, I'd like to see that racing around, but yeah. No, no. Okay, well, that's that's uh, cool. That's cool. I like I, the trophy is very nice. It's a, it's a beautiful trophy. So, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind winning it. No, yeah, me either. Okay, so uh, Tom, thank you for all of your input today. It's been awesome to chat to you. Where can where can you be found? Oh. I don't know. <laughs> all, all over the internet. Uh, do, do you want to be found? Yeah. No. Um, well, I do. Uh, I do a comic book podcast uh, called Pencil and Ink Reviews. We're on iTunes, and uh, you can Google search us, and we'll come up. Um, and we're restructuring that podcast right now, and uh, we'll be revamping the website. I'm almost halfway done with it, and going to have a new logo for uh, itunes page and stuff okay so you're part of the pod bros network that's correct uh pencil and ink reviews isn't actually on the pod bros network anymore uh <laughs> so right so we're just on our own and then uh i also do uh e pre-talk with john but we we haven't done uh an episode since uh i want to say that it was just the preseason episode that we did uh, so I don't even think we've covered a single race this year. I've, I feel, I actually feel like you have done a couple of races this season. Yeah, I feel like you have. If if we did, it was just round one. But uh, yeah, I, I I have to talk to John and see if we're gonna we're gonna continue on. I, I feel sad about it because uh, you know we we've covered pretty much every race since the beginning of the series. But uh, I, I, I don't know what's going on. John is incredibly busy. He runs a podcast network. He's uh, promoting uh, wrestling. He's, he's like a wrestling promote, promoter now. And he also has a new job, which requires him to travel a lot. And 
so his uh, free time is dwindled over over the, mm. over the year. So uh, I, I hope we get to keep doing the show. But if not, I, I hope Dean will have me back on so I can uh, continue to commentate and bring my thoughts about Formula E to to the people that are interested about the sport. So. Yeah, well, there's quite a few different Formula E podcasts now. It seems to be getting a lot more popular. So uh, if anyone's listening, yeah, Tom, he'd be a great guest, as you've heard. Thank you. I remember when we first started uh, EPRE Talk, we were like, it was just like us and maybe like two other podcasts. And uh, yeah, there is a lot more now, though, if you go search on iTunes. But Regen Racing is one of the top five. <laughs> Oh, thanks. So we're fifth. Great. <laughs> okay. Well, it's the best. To be honest, to be honest, I'll t- I'll take, take it. it. I'll take yeah. it. It's um, yeah. I mean, we don't do it from a professional um perspective, and we don't go to the races. So really, it is yeah. more of a fans um for the fans uh, by fans sort of look. Um, and I think that's part of what we bring to the table. So um, it'll be announced, uh, I've got an announcement on uh, Nath and his interaction with us moving forward, um, and also Chris. So uh, yeah, listen to the next episode to get that. Maybe you'll have all four of us uh, on the next episode, might be might be fun, if we all get together. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. We'll see if we can, we'll see if we can sort something out. But um, so we love to talk to the community and please send all questions and show feedback to hello at regenracingpodcast.com. We can be found on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, regenracingpodcast.com. So all of the places and, and we know it's annoying, but uh, if you could please give us a rating and review, that would help, especially Podchaser. And this podcast is powered by Transistor.fm. Intro music, Danelle Armour featuring Sarah DeWarren Gallery and it is used with permission from Danelle Armour. Thank you for listening. I've been Dean. Now I'm Tom. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> Enjoy the Rome Epre. Bye.